I'm sure you remember the first time you ever got pages back. It's just, man, I, I helped make this. It's like drugs. And, I know. It's like every time I commission one of my friends to do a piece of art for this or for whatever, and I get it back, I'm just like, man, this is so cool. Like, why? Why is this so cool? For many of us as a kid, thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds, flying through the universe at the speed of light. Watching immortal enemies battling to the death. And some of us never grew out of it. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers if you can find it on a comics page you can find it here here you'll learn how to make comics from the initial outlines scripts and artwork to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board for many years bill colomb has written his book kinetic and sold thousands of copies across the nation and now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process if you're a fan of comic books a total process junkie or just looking for more insight into launching your own book you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Cologne. Under the Mask Podcast, Episode 6. I only need three words to sum up this entire episode. Cybernetic Samurai Owl. If you're into anamorphic animal action, then stick around. You're going to like this episode. My guest today may be the longest I've known a guest who's come on this show. I met him about two years ago at a convention. At the time, he was mainly a painter, but he was also making one-page comics with an incredible off-the-wall idea. Those comics morphed into a series called Apex Cybernetic Samurai Owl. Apex just launched on Kickstarter and is over halfway to its goal in under 24 hours. You can check out his page by going to Kickstarter and looking up Apex Cybernetic Samurai Owl. I'm pleased to introduce my friend, Kenny Aitken. You had been doing paintings and been doing this for a little bit, but I've got over the last couple of years, the pleasure of just grow as an artist and actually see this whole uh, comic book come to fruition. So I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So seeing kind of your progression over the last couple of years, but I want you to take us back and tell us your story uh, when you were just starting out. Oh man, where do I start? Um, a couple of years back, I got, an injury, a spinal injury where I couldn't work anymore. So what I did was uh, I started going to school for painting after about five years of kind of sitting at home doing nothing, kind of not really able to do anything. So I started taking a painting class, learned about some color theory and things like that. And then I just kind of got back into my old passion from when I was a kid that just, I just wanted to make comic books. So it's kind of where I'm at. It's just making comic books. I mean, there's a couple other, you know, little inspirations here and there that kind of got me, you know, pushed me in that direction a little more and a couple little other life events. But for the most part, I mean, that's pretty much was the catalyst for, for all this is just kind of sitting at home, being kind of depressed and bummed out and not able to, you know, physically do the things that I used to be able to do. And then now I'm coming back out and into the world and kind of reinvigorated my passion for art and writing things and doing stuff like that. So, and uh, since you brought it up, uh, what other influences kind of pushed you to doing comic books versus any other medium? One of the big ones, my kids, I have four kids and, um, one day we were sitting, I was sitting there and I was watching them draw these little creatures I don't even know what they were drawing. Can't remember. And I was like, man, 
I remember when I used to do that when I was young, you know, I used to draw these cool little creatures and just come up with all these designs and stuff. And um, then I started getting into concept art and I, I do, um, I do a little bit of concept art for at least my own characters and for ideas. And they always just turn into these crazy things. But um, that's kind of, that's kind of one of the other things that just kind of inspired me to do it was that my kids are, you know, really creative and I just watched them do it and it was pretty fun. So. All right. Well, go ahead and tell us about Apex Cybernetic Samurai Owl. So Apex is about a cybernetic samurai owl. Um, he doesn't start out as a samurai. Basically, Mega Man meets Weapon X, so Wolverine. And uh, it's just uh, pretty much a, a mashup of every single thing that I like, whether it be comic books, Marvel comics, DC comics, independent comics, anime, manga, just different different types of things. And just kind of, it's just kind of, I guess, a tribute to everything that I love and what I like, what I would like to see. Uh, what was the original inspiration for Apex? Oh man, that's a that that one's a story. Okay, so the original inspiration, I wanted to make a, co- a web comic because I thought, well, it'd be really easy to make web comic. Like I can have like not a lot of pressure. I can learn as I go, make mistakes, not really have the pressure of doing this full publication kind of thing because I, I I was really new at it, and I still haven't. I'm still really not that great at drawing my painting skills have like grown immensely, but somehow my drawing skills, like with a pencil and a pen, I'm just still not where I want to be yet. So I thought it would be a fun thing to kind of give me something to do. That would be fun. I could do something like a weekly release kind of thing or whatever. You see how that turned out. It spiraled way out of control. I have a full book now it's on Kickstarter and you know, here, here we kind of are. The apex strips. Uh, they were originally just kind of like a little one page, uh, like a little one pager, right? Yeah, they were super funny. So the original concept for him was he would so he's an owl, right? So like he he's he's out, out at nighttime and he does things at nighttime. So basically the concept originally was that this owl would go out at nighttime and fight like kaiju monsters and be, you know, ridiculously overpowered. Like he'd go like, you know, if if you've seen the first page, you know, like he cuts the head off that giant dinosaur attacking Tokyo, which is kind of like a throwback to like Godzilla, right? It's just this little teeny owl and he just goes and cuts the head off this giant dinosaur and and one shot and, and kills them. And that was it. That was that was the whole first page. And the second page was similar um, in the way that he just takes on this. Oh, he's like really overpowered. He goes and fights a lightsaber wielding octopus. So then after that, I was like, well, what if I had like a daytime adventure too, where like during the day, he's like, he's trying to sleep and these stupid things keep pissing him off. Like dripping faucets, construction workers using jackhammers, different things like that. And then he would go and cut those things in half, too. So I got to about page four, I think. But page three was him trying to sleep in a tree during the day. And this faucet keeps dripping. And it was very like Looney Tunes-ish inspired, where um, eventually, you know, he just gets pissed off enough where he just goes and destroys the entire house um, to take out the faucet. And then he goes back to sleep. And it's, it kind of was um, inspired by that. Bugs Bunny, that Bugs Bunny episode of Looney Tunes where he's playing the piano and there's a guy sneezing in the audience or coughing like over and over. And finally, he just gets pissed off, pulls out a revolver and blows the guy away. And that was kind of like where I got that inspiration. So, okay, so um, shortly after that, one of my good friends, Garrett Gunn, you know him, he did uh, Franklin Ghost. He's like, you just make it a full book, like just do it, you know, and I'm like, I don't know. And I mean, I resisted him every step of the way for the longest time. And at first he was like, you know, you should hire somebody to draw it. And then, you know, you can then, you know, there's less pressure on you to like do that and stuff. And I wanted to do it all myself at first. And I quickly realized that that wasn't going to happen. And I wanted to bring up. So your story is a little differently than a lot of the other interviews that I've done. Most of the people I've interviewed so far, they're writers that have hired on artists. Uh, but you actually have a background in art with paint, with painting and with drawing. Uh, but you ended up hiring an artist for Apex there. How did that evolve? 
like I said, like I said earlier, I, um, I'm not really comfortable with where my drawing skills are yet. I, I, um, and I didn't really feel like it was fitting the project. I drew about nine pages, um, on my own and was not happy with any of it. So Garrett had been suggesting to me for a long time, Hey, you should hire, hire an artist. And I was just resisting. I'm like, Nope, I don't want to do it. I want to do this myself. I think I can do it myself. And about nine months went by and I had about 10 pages or so and hated all of them. So, um, what happened was we found uh, Brian Belando. Super awesome artist, great guy, super easy to work with. I brought him on board and had him. So he's doing um, the line art and I'm doing the colors. Colors is kind of where I feel like I have a little bit more control over how I do it. So uh, I got Brian drawing and inking and I'm coloring and it's just, it's a good, it's a good workload for me because I, I'm still writing and I'm, I still have a hand in the art because what kind of artist doesn't work on their own comic book, right? So I figured if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do some of the art at least. And that's kind of where we're at. And I've seen a lot of your paintings, man. They're just, uh, they're really good paintings. Thank you. Do, do you prefer working on sequential art and coloring that, or do you prefer doing the painting more? Um, I, I think I like them equally. Um, at first I was really, uh, I just really comfortable with a paintbrush in my hand and, um, learning the digital tools was, um, I'm still obviously learning them a lot, but I mean, it's, it's almost like every time I color a new page, it's just way better than the one before. Sometimes I got to go back and be like, hey, you know, I don't know. Maybe you've seen this on Facebook a couple months ago. I um, I colored something and then I went back and recolored it because I was like, this isn't going to fly. This old one isn't going to work. So I recolored it and it just turned out way better because of it. And I'm sure in six months, I'll probably want to do the same thing, but I should probably not do that. Yeah, that was uh, some advice that I received a little while ago. You don't want to look at your stuff from, you know, six months to a year ago and be like, man, that was my best stuff. You want to actually look at it and say, man, I could improve this so much more if I could redo it over. But a trap that a lot of people get in is they say, I'm going to redo this older work. And they just kind of get in this cycle of continually reworking stuff rather than working on any new stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's important every few months or so I'll do a self-portrait just to um, kind of see where I'm at artistically. For, for me, at least, I feel like it's a good metric for me to see like how far, how much I've grown as an artist and maybe use different mediums and just try different things and see how I can make those things work. So and I, I, think, I think the same thing is true with the digital art, too, with the sequential coloring is that I can always go back and just maybe color a piece again, show some growth. Right. Because it's easier to put two things next to, next to each other and go, oh, this one's cool and this one's cool, but this one's a little bit better in this way or whatever, you know, and it's I see people do that sometimes and I think it's cool. Uh, so right now, Apex is killing it on Kickstarter. Uh, you just launched earlier today. You're already just about a thousand dollars out of your three thousand dollar goal. So in one day, you're about a third of the way there. What do you think you've done right on this launch? I mean, since it's my first one, I don't really know. I think I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time reading articles, talking to friends who've done Kickstarters, asking for advice from people that I trust, and really just. Um, taking all all that and then um, taking all the criticism too that I can just apply it to this and I, I think that's the whole thing really I mean I did a lot of graphics I did I mean I don't know, I try I try to make it look as professional as possible and present it in a way that people would go oh, hey this looks really cool you know that's about it really yeah it's uh, so tough making it look professional man I know there's services that are starting to pop up that say hey you know you give us some money we'll design your Kickstarter page for you because I remember when I was doing mine 
Right. Yeah. I just kind of, I mean, I just looked at what other people were doing. I just said, okay, well, this guy's successful. Let's go look at what this guy's doing and see what, see what kind of things they're doing. What are their graphics look like? What are their, um, what are their stretch goal tiers look like? Originally, when I first started putting the Kickstarter together, I had all of my, um, stretch goals and stuff like on a big infographic in the middle of the page and it was all text. And I'm like, I don't want to go to a Kickstarter and read all this. So I would expect that other people don't want to go to a Kickstarter and read all that either. So I figured I'm going to make, you know, this big infographics with, you know, images of what what's available. And hopefully that that's pretty good. So I think that's working out. And uh, this Kickstarter for Apex, this is for issue one, right? Yes. If we get to, let's see here, 7,000, um, I'm going to release to all the backers a digital copy of issue two. And if we get to 8,000, I'm going to release a digital copy to um, all the backers for issue three. Um, and those are oh, all very cool. So it's kind of like a little bonus. We get that high. Everybody gets yeah. to read pretty much the first. It's pretty much the whole first arc. So the first arc is going to be three issues. Yes. Okay, cool. That, that was that was what I was leading into. Uh, do you have any plans after those three issues? I got an outline. I got some concepts for some characters. Sometimes I put the cart ahead of the horse. I'm like sitting here drawing on my tablet the other day. And I'm like, man, this is like a cool idea. And I got some really sweet ideas that I'm really excited about. In fact, I'm, I'm super, super excited about them. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes with this one. And then I'll, I'll finish writing the script. Brian's on board for the whole thing. I've talked to Brian already. And he's he loves drawing Apex. I got a pretty good relationship with him as far as um, that goes. So I think, think we might be in it for the long run here. It's really important to have a, a solid art style. And that's kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where I didn't really feel comfortable with my drawings. And I just know that I'm going to grow so much over this period of time that I don't think when I get to the end of this story, I'm going to be able to distinguish the beginning from the end as an artist. I think that I think that that was a really um, good move for us to get Brian on board so that we can have a cohesive style throughout the whole book. Going in totally blind. If I don't know anything about Apex, that's a, uh, I guess I guess we got like that one liner, right? So you're, so you're a comic book fan going into the story, uh, going into this looking looking at it from a comic book fan perspective. It's just it's a it's a story set in the future about a um, a cybernetic samurai owl who ends up he's created as a weapon and he turns into a hero. Uh, so far doing this, what's been your best moment? Every single time I get a new page from Brian, it oh man, it's like I I I, I haven't showed this to him yet, but if he watches this interview, um, he'll know about it because I haven't even told him about it yet. But uh, before he started, before I before I hired him on, I drew out this sheet and had thumbnails on it for the entire first script. Um, I think I think I might have only did like the first twenty pages or something like that because that's what I was going to work on. And I never showed this to him because I didn't want him. I didn't want my thumbnails to influence his drawing style. So I wanted him to have full reign to make it however you know he wanted to as an artist. Because as an artist myself, I just know like i want to let this guy go free and do what he's going to do right um with as little as direction as possible and i i look at my thumbnails for this sheet and i look at what he hands me and it's like it's almost like we had the same vision for this thing and it just blows me away every single time like how is this so good like how did how did he do so good so every time he sends me a new page i'm just like blown away it just it just trips me out seeing something go from a script to becoming artwork is amazing. The The first time you get, I remember the first time I ever got pages back. I'm sure you remember the first time you ever got pages back. It's just, man, I, I helped make this. 
it's like drugs. And, I know it's like every time I commission one of my friends to do a piece of art for this or for whatever, and I get it back, I'm just like, man, this is so cool. Like, why? Why is this so cool? I don't even know why it's so cool. It's just the coolest. Uh, but doing this, uh, it couldn't have all been fun. What were the biggest challenges or obstacles that you faced? Oh, I would say probably just like swallowing my pride and just realizing that like I can't do this all myself. It's kind of a team, um, team oriented thing. Like looking at all the great comics that are out there, all these great indie comics and stuff like that. They're all put together by teams. And I mean, there are people who do these things by themselves and they do it well. Um, those people are insane. <laughs> uh, they, they really are. So just, you know, some of taking some of the advice from, from people and just, you know, hiring somebody to do it, not being so stubborn about it and just letting go of a little bit of the control and putting it in other people's hands that I trust to do it good, I think is probably my, was my biggest, the biggest, the hardest thing for me. And I mean, now that I've done it and we got a team going, it's, it's great. It's, it's been an awesome ride. A lot of independent creators try to do too much. And I think that's, is a lesson that can be passed on to, to uh, other stuff. Like a lot of stuff in life, you can be like that. Like if I'm not good at graphic design, there's artists that you can hire that can help you out. Right, right. Uh, was there any other big mistakes that you made? Uh, start out? I think I just, uh, the biggest thing, I think I just spent way too much time at the beginning trying to make everything so perfect all the time and just really being critical of my own ability. Like I said before, it's just, it's just a matter of swallowing my pride and just putting some trust in some people to, you know, share my vision and really, um, that are really talented dudes, I guess. What was the best advice that you received don't do it all yourself. I mean, it's, it's, this, these things are kind of roping into each other, it looks like. But yeah, I mean, basically, just don't don't do it all yourself. You know, just you know, get some get some people and, and do this because at the speed the the speed of how fast is going. I think we're going on year almost year three now um, since I actually created Apex, and I, I think yeah, I think it was early early 2018. I think so about a little little over two years since I started this, and it's it's changed forms quite a bit over the first year. And then when I finally settled in, wrote a script and got everything going, it's been about last summer, I, I finished the script in September. Um, and then between September and October, I was trying to draw the book myself. And then I hired Brian and I mean, he was just, he was just launching pages at me like every other day. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. It was, I couldn't even keep up. I'm, I'm actually a little behind on the colors for book two right now. Cause I, with all this nonsense that's been going on, but I'm getting, I'm getting caught up. Is there anything else you want people to know about the upcoming release of Apex? It's my first time doing it. So go easy on me. It's my first book, my first Kickstarter. I, I think we got it all covered. It's on Kickstarter. So that's, that's pretty obvious. This has been my whole life has been, it's, it's all coming into this moment right here. It's kind of exciting. I'm not really that nervous about it. I'm actually feeling, I, I have a lot of confidence in what we made. It's, it's a really cool thing and I'm really proud of it. So that's, I guess that's really all I have to say about it. Doing this book has become a little bit of work which is fine because I'm loving doing it. But there's also like those little side projects that I want to do. We got some wild shit in concept right now that is just out of control. Stupid. Can you share any of that? Um, I'll just say it's, um, I'll, I'll, I can just say one thing about it. It's called cluck and it's about, um, some dumbass chickens. That's the best description I can get without giving too much away. That's good. I, I like the name. Like I think of a strong title is half the battle. Yeah. I was a little worried. Mine was too long with the cyber cybernetic samurai album. It's kind of like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, it seems like a long title, but it lays out what it is. You can tell from this title whether you're in, but also whether you're out. Apex Cybernetic Samurai Al is live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, where can you find that at? Kickstarter.com forward slash projects 
forward slash Kenny Aiken forward slash Apex dash cybernetic dash samurai dash owl. You just search for Apex cybernetic samurai owl on Kickstarter and that should take you right to the page. And uh, Kenny, where else can we find you on the internet? At Kenny Aiken Art on Instagram, Kenny Aiken Art Animation on Facebook, Kenny Aiken Art on Twitter. Hey, well, Kenny, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good seeing you. If you know a creator that makes comic books or any other media and think they'd be a good fit for the show, drop us a line at underthemaskshow at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Cologne. Welcome to the family. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you've found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off.